Good morning and welcome to another day and another episode of Hearts Knit Together in Christ. This is a ministry where we take the time to share God's word, to encourage, to read his word, and to pray for others. I'm so happy to be back again. Um, It's been about a week now since I actually took a break from it as I celebrated my birthday and um, just kind of taking some time to clear my mind. But now I'm so back to I'm so happy to be back again. And today is November and I call it sweet November, November the 2nd. So I'm releasing this part, this episode to you. And this was one that the Lord kind of laid it upon my heart last week as I was just soaking in his presence and just quieting my soul. And so I wanted to share it with you as you're driving along this morning. Um, and whatever you may be doing that, you know, your everyday daily duties. So it's always so good to really just take a moment, quiet your soul, and just hear just a little scripture to see what the Lord is saying. And this one was so profound because it's like he gave me a visual of things of what should be happening in the body of Christ and things of what should not be happening in the body of Christ. And this was inspired, too, when I saw the video of Leandra, a gospel singer, who uh, came forward to share the hurt in which she had experienced in the church. Now, the way that she did it was a little bit unethical, but at the same time, the things that she was talking about you know, I said, wow, my God, this lady is telling the truth (laughs) on some of the things. And, and, um, you know, I just, as I listened to her talk, my heart just grieved within me, in which it made me feel like I never understood why people leave the church. But to hear her share that made me understand why many people do leave the church. And this is He's saying, where is she going with this? Well, this is where I'm headed because we are all brothers and sisters in the body of Christ and what happens in the church matters to God. But what also happens in the church should matter to us, the way we treat one another, the way we respect one another. Sometimes there may be barriers, you know, just like in your own family. You may not always agree, but these are some of the things that the Lord uh, point out to me of even despite disagreements, these are things that still should be happening in the body of Christ so that others don't uh, give God and his house a bad name. And even though I can t- see that she still loved the Lord in her video, she began to say a lot of bad things about leaders within the church. And that should not be so because leaders, we definitely have to be careful on what we do, what we say, and truly how we treat one another. And so these are some of the pointers that the Lord gave me. There were eight. Number one, he said that we should be praying for one another. Number two, we should be encouraging one another. So if we don't often do that, we need to take the time to really do that from a sincere heart not an impure heart because there's a difference between the two but when it's coming from a sincere place then people can see that they know when you're real and they know when you're just pretending 
Number three, giving good reports about one another. Number four, standing firm in the Lord. Number five, thanking God for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Number six, filled with joy. Despite the circumstances, now I used to hear a lot of the the people in the church, you know, they would always say, I'm just filled with the joy of the Lord. And I say to myself, how can you be filled and you're just going through things? But as I'm getting older, I'm finding out that that's, that, that's a true statement. No matter what we're going through, the circumstances of our life should not prevent us from experiencing the fullness of God's joy. So we should always be filled with his joy because we have his Holy Spirit indwelling with us. And sometimes that's, that's not how the story always comes out. But in reality, because we are spirit beings, we should be spirit filled with the same spirit of the Lord. And number seven, it says love for one another should be overflowing. You know, like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Our love for each other should not be exemplified in hate, in rebellion, in disappointment, but it should be overflowing with love. Uh, the Lord, the Lord allowed his love to overflow amongst the nations, amongst his community, amongst everywhere he went because he was anointed to give that kind of love because he just always proclaimed one thing, that he was sent to do his father's business. He was sent to preach the gospel. He was sent so that those that were lost could be saved. And he did not just do it for one side, you know, for the non-believers or the unsaved, but he did it for both. He did it for both, both people, both parties. And to prove it, that's why he said he died on the cross. Number eight, the body of Christ should be always living blamelessly before the Lord. Blameless before the Lord, I'm sorry. So that means we should be living lives that represent who Christ really is and not trying to live for other people. And that's where a lot of times people will get burnt out when you're trying to live for others and please others and serve others then that becomes a problem. You're serving the wrong person when you should be serving the Lord. And before we get into the uh, the scripture today, we're going to hit a little bit about what the church should reflect. Um, we're going to talk about Paul and his ministry because that was so important. And then on the opposite of that, we're going to talk about what the church should not reflect because I don't think you know, there are a lot of churches just like in Revelation that the Lord, he's truly pleased with because they have true hearts uh, before the Lord and they're doing what he says. Their hearts, their candles are burning. But there were quite a few in Revelation that the Lord was not pleased with. But we'll save that for another day. But let's go to Paul's ministry in Thessalonians. So Paul is speaking to the Thessalonians here. And so we're going to start off in chapter 1, uh, verse 2, where it says, no, sorry, chapter 1, uh, 2 Thessalonians. So chapter 1, verse 2, it says here, 
You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. As you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. So if you're listening, you got your notes. I want you to highlight that word, strong opposition, because it's indicating something that I'll come back to. It says, for the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. So highlight trick you. Their motives were pure in teaching God's word. They had no time to try to trick or deceive. In fact, their lives was on the line. Number four, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Number one, they understood that they had a place in the kingdom and they did not have time to waste because they were entrusted with such a precious gift from God and they were entrusted with the gospel. As many of us who come to know the Lord, he has entrusted us with his word. And that is in itself, that's a gem, it's a precious diamond. It's meant to be protected, but it's also meant to be shared because God's word is sacred. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. Notice that Paul, in Paul's ministry, his motive was never for the center of pleasing people. Rather, he had this main perspective in his mind that in his ministry, his motive was truly teaching and and doing what the Lord said. It was for pleasing God because he said he knew that God tests the hearts of man and man does not test the hearts of man. God tests the hearts of man. He says, you know, we never use flattery. They didn't try to use big words for words to try to win the hearts of people, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. And and, and Leandra, I believe, I don't want to call her name out, but she's the gospel singer. But she she mentioned that in her story, that, that it's a lucrative business, is the word that she used to point out. And I would say that's true. It is a lucrative business, but a lot of churches use use the mask to cover up the greed. Whenever the money come in, it should always be used for what God has put in the leader's hearts to do and not so that they can be getting fat off the people of God. Now, I'm not going to say that all churches do that because all churches don't do that. There are some people who have been entrusted who simply obey and do what the Lord has told them to do. But there are others, and it, it starts to come out. The cover of the greed, it starts to show over a period of time. But Paul was saying here, that's not our intent, that's not our motive. But instead, God is our witness, and we witness for Christ. We're not here to cover up, we're not here to flatter, because if we were then we wouldn't be serving the Lord. But he says, we are not looking for praise from people. So really highlight that. If if you don't get praise from people, it's okay. If you don't get put on a pedestal, if your name is not called, it's okay. 
Because guess who sees you? God sees you. And at his appointed time, God will elevate, especially when your heart is humble before him. Not from you or anyone else. So Paul is in his ministry, he's making it clear what he's teaching, his motive, his objective, his reason for service, which is very important when you have a ministry and you're doing what God said, you need to make it clear that you're not there for, you're there for the people. You're there to love them, but you're you're there to teach them. You're there to help them as the Lord leads you, but you're not there to please them. Paul says, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. So how do children act? This is what he was saying. This is the point that he he made as a child. Paul is saying here, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we care for you. Paul really had a heart for God's people. So if you do not have a genuine heart, a genuine love for God's people, maybe ministry is not for you. But this is how Paul said he cared like a uh, a child. He said, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we care for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, that's their main motive and objective, is to share God's word, not to exalt themselves, not to flatter other people nor please other people. But number one objective was to share God's word. He says, but our lives as well, to share in the word and their lives as a testimony for Christ. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toll and hard worship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. So this is the part where some of us have fallen short on. Paul said they not only taught it, but they really lived it. They lived the life. And this is the life that, as believers, we should be living. He emphasizes again a blameless life so that no one can say, look, sister, blah, blah, blah. You know, she said she served the Lord, but look at what she's doing, a bad report from the Lord. And, you know, we have all gone through things that we learned from, but it's not to say that we keep repeating those same acts again because the Lord wants us to live blameless before him so that his name can be and will be glorified. For you know that we delight with each other as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives. He's saying it again. Live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. So this is a serious matter in Paul's ministry. He's he's portraying it through his heartfelt love. He's portraying it through sharing the gospel. But he's also portraying it in the way that he lived. He's not trying to live to flatter. He's not trying to live to impress. But he's living to glorify God and his kingdom. Verse 13, he says, And we also thank God continuously because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, 
Now that is a big difference between human words. Human words often come with opinions. God says, I don't care about your opinions. What I care is about my word going forth. When you know it's human words, human words tend to glorify self, while God's word tend to glorify the Father. He says, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of Christ's church in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffer from your own people the same things you, those, I'm sorry, the same thing those churches suffered from the Jews who were killed, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. Now, this is a big point because Paul is saying, first of all, this is how you know we were doing what God said. We had to suffer. We suffered for this, people. Are you listening? Now, now today what we see happening in the churches is that the church should reflect what Paul ministry. This is the real church. And 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 but but what we see is we see fashion shows, right? We see rituals, religious, wearing of the mask, as Paul mentioned, the greed, idols, spiritual manipulation, hypocrisy, gossip, jealous, deceit, cliques such as social groups, followers of man, but not followers of Christ. These things should not be happening in the body of Christ. Now, Paul points out, as we were just reading, he says that you suffer from your own people the same things those churches suffer from the Jews. When you know it's God's pure ministry, there's some suffering that will take place. He says, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They were driven out. They were suffered. They were hated. They were persecuted. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles. This is how you know you have begun God's ministry. Because you're going to face some of the same things that Paul is talking about here. He says, so that they may be saved. So Paul was saying here, in other words, the Jews were trying to prohibit them from sharing God's message. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit, and the 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 war, the wrath of God has come upon them at last. So, uh, to those God haters out there who say you don't believe in God, you don't love His people, you don't care to serve Him, you don't care to know Him, you better be careful when you're talking about God's people and when you're talking about God's children. And nevertheless, that was a a place in Paul's heart as he was teaching. He was also longing to see the Thessalonians because he had teached so much that he found himself in an isolated place, as some of us will. He found himself in a place separated from God's people. So sometimes we have to be very careful about what we ask for. Because to do God's ministry, to really serve him with all of your heart, you truly will pay a price for that, just as the churches did. 
and the leaders within the body of Christ. He says, but brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. This is how much they loved the God's people, that they wanted to be in their presence. They didn't want to distance themselves, but they wanted to be in their presence. And you know when it's pure love because not only did they want to be in their presence, but the people wanted to be in their presence. He says, for we wanted to come to see you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But guess what happened, people? He says, but Satan blocked our way. Satan blocked our way. Are you serving the Lord and you feel like something is happening, something is blocking you, hindering you from really serving him? Don't count it strange that if Satan and God allows Satan to try to block your way. He says, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? It is not you. Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So the people... The people were not Paul's in his ministry. They were not his idols. Okay? They were not his gods. But they were his glory. It was an honor for Paul to be able to serve God first and foremost. It was an honor for God to be a for Paul to be able to serve God's people, for him to be able to minister to them as a mother would to her child. It was an honor for him to do all of these things and yet suffer the kingdom, the things for the sake of the kingdom. And 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 he reflected what should be happening in the body of Christ. His ministry was truly a reflection of God. So I encourage you to stand firm, especially the pastors out there this morning, the leaders out there who have been tolling and working long time in the kingdom of God doing ministry and you feel that sometimes what you're doing is in vain be encouraged know that the Lord has a greater plan and his plan is that you share in the suffering is that you share in the glory of the people because that's where God's heart is and your heart should be first and foremost serving the Lord and also serving his people with much love. So this is what I learned in my class. Um, A pastor recommended these words. This is how you know God. He said three things. Love God's people, love God's people, and love God's people. God bless you. May you go in peace. And thank you for listening to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. So until next time, be blessed. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.